Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What up, Woodford Reserve? They sent us this. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a circle. It's a circle? That's what we're just calling it? A circle? It's I, a barrel top. Thank you. Matt, Matt why did you just save him? It's not wrong. It is a circle. It is a circle in shape. Very good. You know shapes. You're uh, good today. <laughs> oh, that's right. What's up? It's Monday. It's Chris Sims on Button. Ahmed Farid. Chris Sims are here. And yes, that was the ultra, ultra intelligence and just unbelievable. I mean, uh-huh. your observing skills are really special. Yeah. Circles, wood, very good. Very you important. learn very quickly in this business. If you don't know exactly right. what something is, yeah. who plays where, right. what their position is, right. you make it more generic. Yeah. And so I wasn't totally sure what this is. Circle. So I just called it a circle, and which you is lied. not wrong. You said I was going to have my emblem on there by this week. I, where, no, where Matt f- lied. Where the fuck is my emblem? M- Matt Casey oh, lied. you're right. The week isn't over. And then Pete is speaking. Pete, our producer, by right. the way, because right. some people are coming late to the pod and they go, who's Pete? Who right. they keep talking about. Yeah. Producer Pete. Pete Demolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolemolem
Uh, no, these are the same glasses. They're the same ones? I don't know why they seem different to me. Okay. I haven't worn those in a while yet. I don't know. It's a whole new look today. Okay, good. It's a, yeah, it's not a whole new look. I mean, right. but it's a, oh, so you haven't worn them in a while? I haven't. No. Okay, maybe that's what it is. All right, new, I just wanted I to make sure I wasn't totally off base there. All right, what else so, did you do this weekend before we start talking so about here's football? So the, here's the, the last thing. Yeah? Is that I went to bed so late last night because I was caught in a YouTube rabbit hole. What? And I'm, you know, I'm not a huge music guy. There is a free. What are you a huge of? Not much. <laughs> Preparing for this pod. Music, no movies. Yeah. Holy crap! Energy, <laughs> I'm an energy drink guy. Yes, you Pete are. Reminds me. Uh, there's this freestyle rapper. His name is Harry Mack, and I watched his videos <laughs> until two in the morning, like two thirty. Harry Mack. He can get three. He get, some people give him three words, yeah. random words, right? And then he can take those words, yeah. instantly make a song, yeah. with a beat. It's amazing. It might be the most impressive thing I have ever seen anyone do in my life. I would like to. I'm going to check it out just because mm-hmm. you say so. Yeah. Um, is he making albums or doing anything, or is he just good I, I, with this three word trying. thing? He's good with the three word thing. He's good with the three he's word just, thing. He's got a quick mind. Yeah. He's well, got a quick I would mind. think like all great rappers can do that to a degree, right? Wouldn't you think? Like, wouldn't you think? No. Maybe not to that no. point. But like Jay Z's famous for not writing his music down. He goes off the top of his head. He just remembers and it. they do it. He just yeah. you know flow. He's yeah. famous for like, let me hear it, let me think about it a little, and then he can spit it out. Mm-hmm. So I would think some of the good ones can do it, but not all, like it's you're like, saying. It's like Peyton Manning at the line, just goes Omaha. He didn't plan that. He just came <laughs> right off the top of his mind. Did you, have you ever done anything like that? Because everyone has a stage in their life where they're like, I could probably do that. Right. You and mean like try. flow and do that? Like flow, grab, freestyle? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like when I was in Texas, Uh-oh. right, that's all guys wanted to do. It became popular. It's mm-hmm. early 2000s, freestyling. And if ever, you know, back at that time, you know, hey, of course, Scarface and Houston, Lil Flip, all these guys are all famous for their ability to flow and do that. Uh-huh. I'm coming to Texas, and there's this thing called screw music. You know screw music where they like, they slow it down. Okay. Slow, you know, like that? Yep. They call that screw music because like the DJ low screw. Like kind of like it's that kind of song. that. Yeah, DJ screw started mm-hmm. it, so they call, okay. call it screw music, right? And DJ screws, uh, he's passed away, RIP. But either way, that's all guys used to do. Mm-hmm. All the... Chris Sims knows his lane. He knows his strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So I'd love to sit there and watch everybody do it. Never did I even, like, attempt to throw out some rhymes or anything like that. White guy from New Jersey. Right. Now, there was other white guys doing it, but... They made fools of themselves. Kyle, did Kyle do it? Oh, Kyle did. He had a he few did. every now and then. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> no doubt about it. The guy loves a little Wayne. Yeah. I mean, so, yes, Kyle could throw it out, throw next out some time, rhymes. Next time you talk to him, maybe you maybe see get if he wants to, to revisit it. I don't it. think so. I see don't think that's going to happen. Definitely right, so not. check out Harry Mack. He's, yeah. a, he's amazing. Uh, but maybe not as amazing at you as you at... Doing a quarterback countdown, man, that might have been that my was worst a good transition. One. Honestly, you know, <laughs> you, you've given me compliments before, yes, but to compare me to Harry Mack, that was now I'm I really now feel like I'm, feel, I'm really high. You feel up ready here. to go and ready to break yes. down these next four quarterbacks. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do that. We're going to get through the final eight of the Super Woo! Brawl. So I can't wait for the Super Brawl. Who is the quarterback coach uh, combo oh. who would destroy the rest of the league? Who's yeah. number one? We're yeah. going to reveal that. I can't wait. This okay. is awesome. Because then when it's done, too, I think I might have fun picking apart your rankings, too. I think so. Okay, I think you good. will. But I'm going to be way more confident about them this time than sure, I ever have sure. before. Yeah, okay. Uh, but first things first, we're getting 12, 11, and 10, and 9. Oh, top 10-ish here, This huh? is, in partnership with Woodford Reserve Bourbon, the Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. And I want to add something. 
You can buy something that you'll want to see Dad open this Father's Day, Woodford Reserve yeah. Bourbon. Find your dad's Woodford Reserve bottle at your local retailer or have it delivered today by Drizzly. So Drizzly could just walk up and hand it to him. I don't think you can like really be wrong by getting a gift like that for your, your dad, no. grandfather, anybody like that. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's going to be used. Whether they're going to drink it or it's going to get you know broken out at some party, whatever. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm down for that for exactly. sure. Exactly. He'll either drink it himself right. or feel cool giving it to one of his yeah, friends. Yeah, exactly right. Right. Uh, uh, so yeah, Woodford Reserve Father's Day. I mean, yeah, I don't even know. You know, this was funny about Father's Day though. I always get a kick out of this yes. because like Mother's Day is talked about for two to three weeks leading up to it. Yes. Like the whole family gets involved. Yeah. I haven't heard one fucking peep no. about Father's Day. They're yet hoping in my you, house. you just don't know that it's I'm, Father's Day. I'm actually hoping they forget. I really am. Yeah. It would be great to have that and be like, I mean, I didn't even remember. Like, and I don't know. There's a chance. Our, right. our life is so busy right now. I have a, I think there's a chance my wife might forget this week. It's pretty forgettable of yeah. all like the days, right? Yes. Our day goes it's by the wayside. Without a doubt. Nobody cares. But if they Father's do forget, day. then you can forget a birthday or Mother's Day in the right. future. That does give you license it would. to do that. It so would. That would yeah, be Father's big. Day is that would weird. Be big. That's right. Everyone's just like, we're just going to leave him alone and let him sit on the couch That's what today. he wants, right? Go right. golf by himself. Go it's sit like, you by know, yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, imagine if we did that no, for Mother's Day. No, I want Mother's some gifts. Day, right? I want things. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we do do that, though. We can spa day or yeah. whatever for Mother's Day. But all right, it's Father's Day coming up. Get him some Woodford Reserve or... Get his team a good quarterback. And we're in the top 12 Boom. now. So these are all really good quarterbacks. Yes, they are. But I think there's going to still be some interesting conversations and some controversy, perhaps, with this four. We'll start with number 12. And number 12 is Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee Titans. That's right, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, you know, where do you want to start with Ryan Tannehill? I think the thing that I always want to just jump out and say for him is maximization. Never leaving yards out on the field. That's where Ryan Tannehill is the best to me. He takes advantage of every little big play that's there to be had in football. I could sit here and argue that I think he's maybe one of the, the best deep ball throwers in football. I would sit here and argue and I'd say he's one of the most accurate 10-plus yard throwers of the football out of anybody in the sport. Not only just because he gets the completions, but it's like you always hear me talk about this. If a guy's open for a 60-yard touchdown on a deep post route, he doesn't throw it 45 and the guy gets tackled at the 8-yard line and, oh, maybe we get a touchdown, maybe we kick a field goal. He puts it on the money and it's touchdowns. It's it's deep crossers going across the field. They don't have to stop or regather or do anything. They get to go full speed because he puts it on the money. A.J. Brown never breaks stride. That leads to big yards after the catch. I think that's the biggest thing I look at with Ryan Tannehill and the biggest positives about his game. And he's just gotten better and better and, of course, is in a great offense and a great fit for him, along with being a really good athlete, too. I mean, again, it's 33 touchdowns. It's seven interceptions. It's top five quarterback rating. It's seven rushing touchdowns to go along with it. We're talking about a really good football player, a guy here that you could certainly justify being in the top 10. I have him at 12 because there's 12 fucking good quarterbacks in football right now, like real good ones. More than that. You know that. Baker Mayfield was 13 the other mm -hmm. day. So I hold this guy in high regard. It wasn't easy putting him outside the top 10, really, uh, because I think he's underrated and underappreciated in a lot of people's eyes throughout the league and the public. Yeah, and you mentioned the running there. That's not something that pops into people's head when they think about yeah. Ryan Tannehill anymore, right. but... 
Pro Football Focus noted his legs and key situations being a big part of his value. Definitely. You're right. He throws the ball deep downfield. I'm a big next-gen guy. Yeah. He was third last year in completed air yards per attempt behind Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson. 2019, he was fourth behind Stafford, Jameis Winston, Dak Prescott. So consistently in this offense for Tennessee, he has thrown the ball down the and field. That was, what, that was that yards for what? Was that yards per completion? Completed air yards completion. per attempt. Yeah, gotcha. yeah so completions. Yeah, yeah, these aren't even just you know trying for those long That's, completions. I, th- I love that stat, and I think that is the thing. I mean, yards per completion, he's up there towards the top of football. He's with all the best quarterbacks, and I didn't break them all mm-hmm. down with my calculator and get to that, but I know like yards per completion, he was north of 12 yards. Yeah. Only There's only a handful of guys in football that are like that, and I think what's even more impressive to add to your stat and what you're saying here is when you play the Tennessee Titans, you know that's what they're going to do. They're not a dink and dunk team. They're not looking to throw wide receiver screens. You literally come into the game going, they're going to run the ball, and mm-hmm. they're going to take shots down the field with Ryan Tannehill. And he still delivers. And I think that's where like he is phenomenal that way. He's pinpoint that way. He's tough in the pocket. We talked about his athletic ability to run and do those things. Yeah, he adds to the run game, and then, of course, he can scramble. You know, So that's the big thing you look at. He's clutch. He really is. I mean, really, in any close game you can think about with the Tennessee Titans over the last years, if they need a late score, something like that, he's delivered. Now, maybe they haven't always won because their defense might have let somebody score and do things like that too. But you see here, like if you're watching on YouTube, the stats are legit. The only thing that's not impressive there is passing yards per game, which again, yeah, there's some games where you know they run the ball great, they're not overly complicated with their mm-hmm. offensive scheme and things like that. So there can be some still stale moments. And I think that's why he's number 12 to me. Okay, that's where if we're going to get to the only negatives, we talked about his athletic ability and things like that. But I think the one thing that jumped out to me when I went back and watched him was not like it's Daniel Jones in the pocket, like, you know, you got to be a statue. He's not that. But I guess what I'm saying is he has more to offer within movement in the pocket and extending plays outside the pocket. I think that's an area of his game that he could, you know, bring to the next level or raise it or whatever you want to say in that normal cliche that I think can make their offense more dangerous, make him a better player. You know, there's too many moments during the year where, you know, whether it was the Cleveland game or the Colts game or even the Packers game where they are, you know, listen, their team, their defense stunk. So let's think about that too. He always had to like, he had to answer the, the bell a lot but in some of those games like he's too talented to be down 28 to 7 and things like that make a few plays make a few throws start pushing the limit a little bit about like okay hey the offense isn't delivering I gotta get out of the pocket and buy some time you know I'm not gonna let my team go down three touchdowns here see that's to me where like you get in the top top quarterbacks in football like Allen Mahomes Rodgers those kind of guys Mm -hmm. they know when that point is to go okay wait the offense isn't really working we're down by two. Oh, gosh, we're down by three touchdowns. I got to start making it happen. I got to start doing something. I got to get out of the realm of the playbook and the scheme and just do it to jumpstart the team. And that, to me, could be the only thing I can nitpick about him to where maybe he's not as good as some of the other top quarterbacks in football. Well, because you've been high on him in the past. Last yeah. year you had of 11th, and so he's right about where he was last year. Like you said, a lot of good quarterbacks. Some guys have moved up. We'll still talk about them yeah. coming up here. Now, I already can see right. what people are going to say about Ryan Tannehill. They're going to say – he has the most elite running back in the league in Derrick Henry. 
They have yeah. more play action yards than anyone else out sure. there. They have an offensive system that makes it easy on him. Derrick Henry makes it easy on him. However, the counterpoint to that, yeah. first before you give your counterpoint, right. uh, and I think this is really telling Pete uh, supplied a graphic for us. Kristen, do we have it? Derrick Henry with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry without Ryan Tannehill. So you see, with him, they have run him more, and there's been more rush yards per game. But this was a dead spin story that I read on this. In the six weeks prior to Tannehill taking over the starting quarterback job in 2019, Derrick Henry was averaging just 3.68 yards per attempt, not against great rushing defenses either. Afterwards, he averaged 5.92 yards per attempt. So who is making who better? Is it Tannehill making Henry better? Henry making Tannehill better? Yeah, I mean, Henry's the go-to guy, but it does play hand-in-hand. That's a great stat right there because the quarterbacks beforehand weren't making teams defend the whole field, not have to worry about the deep post and the go routes that we just talked about where it's like, man, if we leave them just the slightest bit open, he's going to put it on them. They're going to score a touchdown. It's going to be like, oh, there goes A.J. Brown. See you later. I mean, so, yes, it does play hand-in-hand. Because with Tannenhill, Tannenhill, there's no no wasted yards or plays on the field. It's always about maximization. And that's where when you have a good running back like that, a guy that can throw the ball deep down the field and has got the patience in the pocket to to wait for those things to develop and he throws the ball under pressure so well and things like that, that's where it's dangerous. So, yeah, listen, I understand you could say that, but, I mean, no, 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 you can't say that because we saw another quarterback before him who couldn't deliver and couldn't make the offense the way it was. That's why, if you remember back at that time, I said Ryan Tannehill would end up starting before that year was over, that he would beat out Marcus Mariota. And, yeah, I know they have Derrick Henry in that, but I can also sit here and go, they're not like just wow with talent in the pass game. Corey Davis, that was the first year last year he popped up. You know, A.J. Brown's amazing. I get that. He's really good. The system that what we're talking about, too, is not necessarily like, oh, wow, this is cutting edge. Oh, my gosh, post and deep cross after play action? Mm-hmm. Oh, post corner and deep cross after play action? So, you know, it's his talents that are also opening the offense and allow them to call simple plays because they just go, let's just make it simple. He's really good thrower. Our guy's pretty good. He'll get open by enough. He'll get him, he'll get him the ball by enough. And then it also adds to, oh, now we can throw these routes and these routes that we might have not done before with another quarterback, but this guy can pump it out there and do those type of things. So, yes, it's not fair to say, like, oh, he's got Derrick Henry to your point. I like that stat. Um, My only thing with him, like I said, is just stale moments, franchise-type quarterback, Mm -hmm. what you are. I think he could have some moments of where he carries the team a little bit more and just, you know, I don't want to say backyard football, but you right. know what I'm saying that way. So right. you're going to, I got a couple comments yeah. here. You're going to disagree with this one. Yeah. Rene DeTore, 17, just what we talked about. Without Henry, Tannehill is below average. Honestly, when you have a 2,000 yard back, those wide open play action passes could be completed by a high schooler. Yeah. That's just, that's, that's like, so, I mean, we're just going to take away every quarterback that ever had a good running game in the history of football and take him away. And that's where it's just ridiculous. It goes hand in hand. It's just like you just talked about. I mean, we saw, you know, it's, 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 it's not as good until he got in there and got yeah. into the game. And, you know, what are you going to tell me? Like, Troy Aikman opened up holes for Emmett Smith. You know, you can go through time. 
and do it the same way. I mean, you can go through a lot of quarterbacks. You sit here and go, Peyton Manning had Adrian James or Reggie Waymar. Who wouldn't have won games and thrown? Like, no. It's about your ability to capitalize off of that and do those things that way. So, um, no, I, I don't agree with that assessment at all. Motivate 1,800. Yeah. What happened, though, in the playoffs when right. the Ravens keyed in on Henry and made Tannehill beat them and he couldn't do it? He looked real pedestrian. Well, listen, the Ravens are good. I mean, they're, come on, that's one of the better teams in football the last two years. They didn't make it look, what happened, so what, what happened in the year before in the playoffs when Tannehill torched that Ravens for some big touchdowns to win the game? You know, I don't, this year he had the Ravens got him. The Ravens are good. They got Marlon Humphrey and they're the, the world leader in badass motherfuckers in the front seven. I mean, they lead the world every year in the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. So he beat the Ravens in Baltimore last year. Yeah, they lost a playoff game that was very close against, and this here where I go, a team that was motivated by a pregame scuffle the first time around, right, yeah. where they lost, okay, and then in this game, yeah, Tannehill wasn't at his best. They have great corners. You know, it's the third time in the calendar year they've played them. They were all over their stuff, and that's where it brings me back to, like, you see, their, their offense is not cutting edge that way. It's a little bit more of, like, we, you know, hey, we got some good X's and O's, but we need the Jimmys and Joes to be real, real good to make sure. it happen. And I, and you know, that to me, you're discrediting what he's done and what they're all about. If you're just going to boil it down to, oh, anybody could do it with Derrick Henry. Come the, on. The last point is how much better he could be, how much better the offense will be with Julio Jones this year. Caleb Beard says, "Hey guys, love the pod. Been trying to explain how Tannehill's arm is stronger than." Ryan's without putting him in the Mahomes and Allen arm right. strength tier. What opportunities do you see Julio getting from Tannehill that he was not getting with Ryan? And before you answer, there was a tweet out there uh, from Ryan Tannehill. The moment he realized that he was getting Julio Jones as an offensive weapon, if you're watching on YouTube, he <laughs> is amazing. happy. He is uh, shocked. Shocked. And he is ready to go. That uh, is I know that because he does an interview, I think, like a few minutes after this. It's one of the first interviews he did. Yeah. So this is really cool. And Jim Wyatt, uh, great sports writer down there in the, the oh, Nashville. Oh, you know Jim. I do know Jim. Cool. Jim's an awesome dude. Uh, he's all over anything with the Titans. And this was a, fu- a funny tweet. It really yeah. was. Yeah, I mean, that would be my reaction, too, if I knew they signed Julio jo- uh-huh. Jones and I was the quarterback of a team. <laughs> I, then if you kept the video rolling there, I would have done cartwheels and backflips yeah. and been running around and doing all kinds of crazy things. So it's two things. They add Julio, yeah. but they lose Arthur Smith. The right. guy that's been masterminding yes. the offense through the last couple of years. I don't think much is going to change, nonetheless. I mean, they're still going to play, run the ball, bully football, play action pass. That's why the trade is great. That's why it really is. And, you know, again, we talked about this at the time. I mean, yes, we know you want to run the ball. Oh, yes, we know to defend it you want to add an extra guy in the box to stop it. Well, like, you know, again, it's not a complicated formula. But you got two guys like that on the outside who are real game breakers and his ability how he like never misses on deep ball throws. And yes, to our to our uh, questions uh, point, what was his name? Caleb. Caleb. Like, yeah, Ryan Tannehill's arm is stronger than Matt Ryan. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt. So, you know, yes, I think they're going to be able to maximize. They're going to put more stress on defense and defending the whole field. You know, and of course, even like, Hey, we want to stop the run. We got an extra guy in the box. 
We're going to tell our corners to play off so we can keep Julio and A.J. in front of us. There's a lot of benefit there, too. No, now you're going to play way off. And now he's going to throw a 10-yard curl route. Now you're going to have to tackle Julio and A.J. one-on-one. How's that going to work? There's so many benefits to the style of football they play, and it really benefits the quarterback, too, who's really good at taking advantage of one-on-one big play opportunities down the field. Would be very surprising if they weren't one of the best offenses once again in the year 2021 Tennessee Titans last year Ryan Tannehill and before we end it we got to give love again to Dr. Babies Uh, and there is this could be our first ever merch we showed this last week but we might have to get this made if you're not watching on YouTube it says it's a t-shirt with a Titans logo in the front it's 2021 Ryan Tannehill's good move the f on Chris Sims unbuttoned you said it I think we could get this going I got some connection Nashville Mm-hmm. Right, I lived there for a few years. You're right, we can get them down there. I mean, and at Doctor Babies, I actually I like the way you did it. I want the writing on there. I don't even want it to look professional. Mm-hmm. I like your Sharpie skills; <laughs> they're kind of good. Can you yeah. find a way to replicate like maybe a thousand more of those, and we'll try to make some money? But yeah, I think that's like, yeah, yes, like get over it, please. Last time, I'm gonna say it. Like, get over your narrative that's old and outdated and stupid from four years ago. Mm-hmm. We have two years in a row of premium Pro Bowl caliber type of quarterback play from Ryan Tannehill. Right. And now it's overrated. Like, get out of here. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Let's just take you it for what it is. He's so one of the best offenses in football. He's one of the best downfield throwers in football. He's one of the better quarterbacks in our game. All right. If you really want to leap into the future, though, you can jump on the back of our next quarterback, number 11 on your list, who moved up from 37th last year. This is the biggest leap of any quarterback in the Chris Sims top 40 this year. That player is Justin Herbert. That's right. Oh, big Justin Herbert. Nope, he didn't fall off any treadmills this year. He's still (laughs) running. He's doing good. Look at that big sucker right there. Big soldier in the pocket. I as I've told you with everyone, I go back, I start to watch, just the right ideas, jot things, do things like that, and I just come back and just go, like, holy cow. Holy cow, Batman. It's just one unreal throw after another from Justin Herbert. His arm is unreal strong, and he can do it with great ease. I think that's the thing that you just got to talk about right away. It's already one of the five best arms and throwers maybe in football. I think he's right there in that conversation for like what he can do as far as you know down the field throwing accuracy in the intermediate short game you know it's a pretty quick release it's not the quickest it's probably something he can improve on a little bit but like you know you talk about all of those things the elite throwing ability the accuracy and everything like that and then like also the ability to where you know i i could sit here and say with people around him and in the trash, he's already one of the best in football at that. Hmm. You know, the pocket collapsing. He can, he's so big and just such a big man, he can throw over pressure like big quarterbacks we've seen, whether it's Cam Newton or Brady and Peyton Manning. So, oh, people are in his face, and people are like, oh, quarterbacks never like when, you know, there's a pass rush in their face. Yeah, of course they don't, but – like guys like him, yeah, it's in their face, and they can still see 15, 20 yards down the field and make the appropriate throw. That's the amazing thing. Back foot throws with people in his face that way. Unreal. Another guy that's an incredible athlete and can get out of the pocket and make big-time throws on the run. I'll say like Tannehill, I think an area of improvement is he could expand his you know, 
extending the plays a little bit to a degree. You know, he can do that. But, man, just an unbelievable uh, rookie year by him. They put a lot on his plate. He delivered in a lot of big ways throughout the year. And, yeah, he's a rising superstar in our league right now. Yeah, I think we have his rookie records. He threw for over 4,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, just 10 interceptions. Uh, the 10 interceptions tied for 54th. It was a 1.68 interception percentage, fifth lowest in NFL history. So he threw the ball a ton, did not give it away a ton. I mean, that's incredible for a, for a rookie quarterback. And of all the things I look back at, Anthony Lynn's now the offensive coordinator with the Lions. I'm like, man, uh, did they get enough credit for what they did with a rookie quarterback? Obviously, a lot of it is Justin Herbert, and we'll see how that continues with a new regime. But man, they they brought uh, no one has ever brought a, along a rookie quarterback like that. No, ever, ever no, before, they're, they're, seems they're, like they're, no. You're right. I mean, there's a lot to be really proud of about what they did last year and Anthony Lynn and and the whole organization. The problem is, yeah, they went seven and nine, and we just. We saw three or four games where they just messed it up at yeah. the end, at yeah. least three or four, to where we just go, what? Like, what are you doing here? Why'd you do this? What was that? So some of that stuff you're talking about that were positives kind of got you know lost in the shuffle because the negatives were so like glaring and clock mismanagement and doing things like that to where you just couldn't get over it. So I know it's a fine line. It's one of those last year where it's like, man, I don't really want to see Anthony Lynn get fired he's done a lot of really good things with their right. football team and i'm sure herbert didn't either i mean that year went about as well as it could have so it, former saints quarterback coach joe lombardi yeah the new oc former 49ers quarterback coach quarterback coach shane day is the new quarterbacks coach with the chargers i wonder how that will change things i with him. to me that that's the million dollar question i don't have a hard time bringing in a new offensive coordinator i would have I, I I probably would have. It was uh, the the guy that was there was a uh, Shane St- uh, Steichen, right? And I, I just want to make sure I'm saying his name right. He's with Philadelphia now, I believe. Uh, I just want to make sure I got that right. Right, Pizza Pete? on the pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so I, I would have been one that would have been probably doing anything I could have done to keep the same offensive staff together. I don't know what went on there. You know, I really don't. I haven't heard. I had heard that Herbert. You know, certainly vouched for the prior staff that was there on the offensive side of the ball, but I don't know that for sure. So yeah. we're going to see. But either way, Joe Lombardi, hey, listen, he knows offense. We know that. He's going to have a plan. He's going to teach Justin Herbert a lot of different things from the Sean Payton offense and things like that to where I would still expect the offense to be great. I really would. Herbert, you know, a little bit like Ryan Tannehill in the fact of, you know, they're – there has to be a little bit more of an awareness of where the game is at and where it's at. Like, you can't just let a team just blow you out and just go, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm going to play my role. I think there's a little bit of, like, I'd like to see a little bit more leadership, edginess about them, and, yeah, just a better feel of, again, like we've talked about with some of the great quarterbacks in our game, of when to know, okay, wait, there's there's play in the game, and now, wait, i got to do something else here. The game's not going right. I'm trying to do what Coach said. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're, we're playing a B-minus fo- football game today. i got to do something to kind of jumpstart us and do that. That would be really my only negatives of him. There was a little bit of all-overness when I went back and watched in some games where I just went, oh, man, this game he's a little conservative, and there's people downfield open. The next game, it was maybe the opposite. It was like an overcorrection where you'd watch, and you'd go – 
Well, now he's forcing the ball down the field, and you wish he would throw the ball underneath a little bit. Mm -hmm. But still, nothing concerning. The guy's a superstar in the making. Could all be chalked up to a rookie quarterback learning and maybe not feeling like he could do some of those things that a veteran quarterback could do. I think one thing that stands out and a lot of places have looked at is what he was able to do under pressure last year. Because he was hurried more than any other quarterback in football last year. 85 hurries, I was looking at pro football reference. That was 10 more than second place, 20 more than Russell Wilson in third place. So he was hurried a lot, and he did really, really well. You see all, all those pressures and clean pocket. So it wasn't that he was just pressured a lot. He did really well when he was pressured. Where are the the stats I have on it? This was from Touchdown Wire over at USA Today. Yeah. When pressured in 2020, Herbert had 1,500 yards, 875 air yards, so about half of them were through the air, not just yards after the catch, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, a league-high passer rating of 96 when he was pressured, and he was pressured a lot. A lot. That's why I started out with his arm and his ability to throw over people and right make big throws with the pocket collapsing off his back foot. Oh, they're going to hit me in the face. Zoom, 60-yard bomb down the middle against Tampa Bay. Oh, all-out pressure. Zoom, oh, 60-yard post down the middle against New Orleans. Oh, another all-out blitz. Oh, I'll just outrun everybody to the edge here. Find somebody on the run. You know, I don't know. I can't remember if you were there. There was a time during the year last year where I was literally yelling at defenses, the Saints being one of them. I'm like, why are you blitzing the guy? Mm. You're making, like, this is, oh, the rookie. Rookies can't handle the blitz. That was cool 22 years ago. That's yeah. fucking over now as some of these NFL defensive coordinators. You know what's funny about right. that, too? Because one of the knocks on him yeah. is that when he wasn't pressured, he still. It was like a hot potato. It was like he still was like ah, making a, and then some of the pre-snap reads weren't good enough to where the guy wasn't open. He's still getting rid of it right away. Well, yeah, th- I know that's what I was just trying to say before. Yeah. Just like when the offense, like there's times there's, we go back and watch you go, hey, this guy's open underneath here and he's forcing it downfield, or yeah. now he's getting aggressive, or now he's throwing it underneath, you know, because the coach has gone, hey, you missed some guys open, and that you're like, oh no, yeah. you fucking he's down the field, he had it, yeah. That's he thrived against the pressure all year last year. I, you, you, this is where I think, especially with the new modern day quarterback that's coming in the NFL, which is a little more athletic, right? And we're seeing big arms and not afraid to throw it sidearm and on the run and can do make those the things. first guy miss and then throw it sidearm. Exactly yeah. right. Like you're making the game easier for him by blitzing him. You're not making him read anything. Yeah. Or diagnose what's going on here. Oh, wait, this. I have to go over here and think about what this is. Wait, that's where the rookie's negative. When you blitz him, he's just going, wait, where's my best player? I'm going to throw it one-on-one. Oh, wait, this guy's not blocked. Let me run away from him and see what happens. You make the game easier. That's a great, easy thought process. Yeah. I'm going to get hit. Let me find a one-on-one. Let me, I'm going to get hit. That guy's beating him. Let me throw it far so my guy can get it. Like. That's where people drop the ball. And, yeah, he answered that bell more times than not. And I think that's what teams started to do a little, yeah. you know, towards the end of the year is try to play coverage on him a little bit so more. That's what I'm going to ask you. Is that yeah. where it could go wrong for him? Outside of the new offensive coordinator, new system perhaps, is it that teams back off and he's not able to surgically pick apart some of these defenses? Yeah, that's where he's got to grow. He didn't have an offense in college that was like that, right? That's You knew that was my negative, that their yeah. offense in college. And then that's where they're going to have to get better at the run game, too. Because, yeah, people this year are going to go back when they play the Chargers. They're going to watch last year's film, watch his throws, and go, wait, we're stupid if we like blitz this guy or give him one-on-one opportunities down the field over and over. He's going to hit it. 
So, yeah, let's make them read. Let's see if they can actually run the football Mm -hmm. and bring us up to do those type of things. But either way, even if he slips, I can't imagine a lot of slippage, you know, a sophomore slump or anything like that. He's too smart. He's got too great control of the football. Uh, He's too big. He's just got too much talent, you know, bar none. That's really all there is to it, and I expect him to be a star for a long time. One of the up-and-coming stars in the NFL franchise quarterback for the Chargers. They have a good one. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now it takes us to our top 10, our top 10 quarterbacks, which is a good time to stop down and talk about another quarterback who didn't make this list. Yeah. And he's the Super Bowl winning quarterback from last year, Tom Brady. Explain. No, just kidding. (laughs) He has made it into the top 10. Tom Brady has cracked the top 10 of the Chris Sims top 40 count. That's right. Tom Brady, number 10, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Booyah. That's right, Tom. Put that trophy in everybody's face and say, screw you. Screw you, Chris (laughs) Sims, for not having me in the top 10 for a while. You had him 15 last year. You had him 9 in 2019. Right. And I think last year when we did the updated, like, Week 10 rankings, you know, I had him right around 12 or 13, somewhere in there. You know, it just, again... Through ten weeks last year, it wasn't exactly great all the time. Let's uh, that's you know we we can't forget that there was some games lost and some sloppy play that were definitely Tom Brady's fault. Now listen, you give some wiggle room, I know, but we saw a different Tom Brady last year. We saw a different one, and anybody that's been listening to me, you know what I'm talking about here. Like Brady's arms never been the question. The last few years in New England, you know my complaints about him. Unwillingness to stand in there in the pocket, take hits, do things to throw the ball down the field. Now, he had a great, great pass protection last year and, of course, had weapons and everything else. But to me, that's where he redefined himself. That's why they won the Super Bowl, because he was willing to stand in there in the pocket and push the ball down the field. His arm is still a big-time arm. And they became a dangerous football team when he started to go, you know what, I will stand back here and pat the ball an extra time and throw it to, to throw a, a 40-yard rifle to Evans or hit you know, Miller on a deep 
deep go route or Gronk down the middle. And that's when they became really a Super Bowl contender. To me, it goes into that second half of the Atlanta game in Atlanta. I want to say it's around week 12 or 13, but they were losing 17 to nothing at half, and then they were never the same offense after. They came out in the second half, and they were like, let's just protect Brady, and let's throw the ball down the field. And they were never the same. And he caught on fire. His arm is still phenomenal. And listen, his talent, it's not as good as Ryan Tannehill or Justin Herbert. But as you've heard me say a lot of times through this this year, I, I gave a little bit more to leadership and edge hmm. and things like that. Team, your, your team's belief because of you. That's where Brady's special. He's the greatest leader in the history of the sport. We've heard all the stories and all of that. But they believed even when things weren't good last year because of one guy. Because, hey, we still got him. He'll figure it out. And we'll come together and do all these type of things. So that's where you know his throwing – his aggressive mindset, um, he's still awesome in the pocket. But the big thing to me more than anything is he played tougher. He played tougher. He just said, fuck you. I'm going to throw a rifle. I'm going to wait here. I'm going to take the hit and do that. And that's when they were dangerous, and that's when he was at his best. His arm is still top-notch in football. It's still a really great arm. Yeah, and I think that was one of the more surprising things. We'll get into the deep passing in a second. But I think now is a good time to reemphasize what this list is all about for you because you just said all those positive things about Tom Brady. Yeah. And all people are going to look at, or some people, are going to look at the 10 and be like, how is he not 2 or 3? He just went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and won them a Super Bowl in right. his first year in a year where they didn't have a regular offseason. I mean, he could go to any team and instantly make them yeah. a Super Bowl contender. That's not true. So how yes. is he not in the top 10 to reemphasize yeah. what you're doing is taking every quarterback, right. putting them on an average team right. with average weapons, an average coach, and saying which one's going to win the most games. Yes. And you think there are nine other quarterbacks will win more games than Tom Brady. I do. I do. Yes, at this point of his career, I do. Yeah, but I mean, still, again, I, I don't know. I sit here, and maybe I'm crazy, and most people think. when I mean, you're 43, and you're the 10th best quarterback in football. That, there's yeah. something to be said about that. Exactly. It's really impressive. I mean, it it's really amazing. Is. Not uh, more than impressive. Like unheard amazing. of, amazing, never been done before. Never done. I don't think we're gonna ever see it again, at least for a while. Yeah. I don't give a damn how much sports science is out there right now. This is special. It really is. And you know, again, you know, like like I said, there's guys behind him that have more talent. I know mm -hmm. that. I'm giving him the advantage because of experience, leadership. You know, the edge he brings to a football team, that belief and all that. Value as a recruiter, too. Exactly I mean, right. Right. There. So there's a lot of things yeah. there. You're exactly right. So I gave him the edge over those other guys. Yeah, what I'm telling you is some of the guys that are in front of him, I don't think his edge and experience makes up enough for me to put him in front of those guys. Mm -hmm. That's not a knock. But, like, listen, you know, hey, he, he, he makes very few plays off schedule, too, if we we're going to hit on the negatives. There's sure. very few. You know, he still moves in the pocket well, but if nobody's open and the pocket's collapsed, like, the play's over. You know, and there's, of course, quarterbacks in front of him where I go, oh, no, not, not, the play's not over for these guys. In fact, it's watch the fuck out. I bet you something good's going to happen. That's where it's like a different world now in football. But, man, I mean, still seeing the, the field well, still a good decision maker, adjusted his game to be more aggressive, a little tougher in the pocket, and really threw the ball as good as I've ever seen him throw it, especially mm. the last six, eight weeks of the year. 
I mean, I can think of that post down the middle in Atlanta to Michael Evans. I think he got down to the one-yard line. I mean, he threw a 40-yard ball that was six feet off the ground the whole way. You know, the touchdown that you've heard my dad wax poetically about in the Super Bowl where he's in the pocket and he hits Gronk in the back right of the, you know. Right. That was off, like, off rhythm. The play was over. He had good protection. He just kind of hung in there. And I feel like old Brady would have been panicking and patting the ball and just throwing the ball away or been looking for the back. That's what we would have saw from 2019 Brady. That's why he was 15 for me. But last year he went, wait, down the field's not open. He didn't start flinching and doing that. He just went, wait, where's Gronk? I'm going to throw a rifle. Zoom, rifle Mm -hmm. in the back of the end zone. Perfect throw. So, uh, man, I know people don't think I like him, but I do. He's a baller. And I'll throw the the flip side of it. He can't do that without a good offensive line. No right? doubt. So you That's put him what, on an average team with a bad say. offensive exactly line. You right. saw some of it in New England. Like all of a sudden he, he it's not well, like, let's there. Just, like we talked about a little. Which and is again, the danger. He nah, didn't have. I know. You're you, right. You don't want to, you don't want to crush it. Well, let me give you something positive. Yeah. Here, yeah. Um, before you get into maybe something more negative. Well, you I know you don't want to do that. Yeah, I don't. I was just going to say like, like what, what if you just, the Super Bowl, if we just switch the quarterbacks, what does everybody think would have happened? Yeah. Do you really think Brady would have been able to survive that? onslaught of pressure Great and things like that and run around yep. and even make the game semi-competitive. Like Injuries Patrick on the Holmes. offensive line for yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah, right. I mean, again, it's not a knock on Brady. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that. It's just where he is at his career at this point. Because there were things that were surprising. You already touched on it. Yeah. The deep passing. Ooh. And there was a time in his career where it was like, he's not going to be a good deep passer. And then you have last year where he was one of the better deep passers. Kristen, do we have that? Have we shown that already? Brady deep passing versus uh, 2019 versus 2020. I'm interested to see this. Um, to see how much better he was with Tampa than he was New England. If you're watching on YouTube, you see it right wow. here. Some more attempts with Tampa. Completion percentage about the same, but the passing yards, a giant leap, a giant leap in passing yards uh, with Tampa Bay. 91 attempts going deep. That led the NFL, Pete notes in my ear. And a lot of those, and you saw the ones in the playoffs too, were clutch. Huge time, huge big time throws. Even the one in Green Bay where the guy's open the end of the half. I mean, that is on the money. On the money. Clutch as hell. You're right. There's no doubt about it. Scotty Miller down the left sideline, dumbest yeah. defense we've ever seen, but that right. was still a great you throw. You still have to hit it, and he That's did what in I stride. Mean. Yeah. He did. He hit so many big throws throughout the year. He did. Uh, you know, And even having the guts like in the Green Bay game, there was a point where it might have been 14-10. to 10, It was like a third and 15. He got a little pressure, and he threw a jump ball up to Chris Godwin down the middle. And he, Darnell Savage was back there in perfect spot, but Godwin got it. Old Brady wouldn't have done that. He'd have been, I'm not sure if that's going to be complete. I don't know. I won't. I don't know. But it's like, no, you got players here. Go, do mm-hmm. it. So, I mean, listen, the stats, they're better, yes, because he was on a better team with more talent. There's no doubt about that. You know, but at the same time, his throwing was better. And from those 2019 stats, you know, what people won't realize totally is there was a little bit more there to be had. That was always my argument in the 2019. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, not a, I want to say a lot, but always a handful of plays every game where I go, ooh, if he just hung in there, yeah, he's gonna hit a 30 yarder. Ooh, if he just, if he just is a little more aggressive with his mindset here, the guy's, got, you know, he's got a go route down the right sideline, but he's already come off it and looked for a shorter route. You know, some of that is his team and his talent and lack of trust and those things. But to like what you said, that hasn't been a strength of his. And that's where it's amazing. It's like he remade himself. It's like he had the pressure of Bruce Arians and Leftwich and no mm-hmm. risk it, no biscuit. 
and he just battled through it to where he became the guy they wanted him to become, and uh, that's where it wins you a Super Bowl. So last thing, looking forward now, and we have Tom Brady's 2020. He had the most blank since, so touchdown passes, fewest interceptions. I think we have that graphic here, here, Kristen, of, of how good that was uh, for Tom Brady last year. And he had a knee injury, too, we, we learned about. Yeah. I don't know how significant it was, but significant enough to have off-season knee surgery. So you see his completions were his most since 2015. Uh, his touchdown passes were his most since 2007 when he threw for 50 touchdowns in that historic season with New England. Fewest uh, or was that most interceptions or fewest? It, inter- it's the most he's had since two so more interceptions. That's so good. Throwing the ball, you're it means right. they're more dangerous. Risk it, biscuit. Right. Uh, so okay, game winning drive. That's that's a surprising one. That three game winning drives, the most he's had since 2013. That's true. That's actually yeah. like uh, that's, that's that maybe the most shocking stat there. That's a good point. Uh, but you know, listen, I like the 12 interception thing. Sure. You know me. You've heard me say that before. If he yeah. threw four interception or five interception, he's, he's not being aggressive enough. Yeah. You know, their offense, it's going to lend itself to a few of those picks because just the way they play, the coach, everything about it, you got to take a few chances every now and then. Just go, well, oh, man, he's not open, but he's Mike Evans. I'm going to throw it and see if he can make a play. That can lead to interceptions at times. So the like question that. is, we yeah. just showed that graphic. Will we ever show that graphic again? Like, can he surpass what he did this past year, next year? Maybe a little bit healthier, has the band back together, familiarity, but it all went so well I know. last year. Touchdown passes, I could see him challenging that. Okay. I can. That'd I don't think, though, I would think I would, I would think that they're not going to want him to throw the ball as much as he did. I would think that they have found the way of balance and running yeah. and max protection. And but what about just level of play? Now, outside of the numbers, like level of play at 44 years old next year, can he be better than what he just was? I'm not going to say better, but I think he'd be just right there as, as good. He can do it. You didn't see a drop-off because that's what we're looking for. You know, it's like at some point, humans drop off. But there's no indication that's coming for no, Tom Brady. The only, the only drop-off is something you've – anybody that's been listening, you've heard me say this, is just, again, the his weakest moments, his worst plays are all the same thing. It's blitz. It's pressure. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to stand there and get crushed, and he bails out. I can go – we can go to – the Green Bay three interceptions at the you know in the third quarter right. fourth quarter those were not good interceptions yeah, yeah they're not good ones really if you go through go to Kansas City Chiefs in the regular season it's all blitz like oh gosh oh, I gotta throw it away same thing that you know you really look at any of his interceptions I know everybody's not great under pressure but like his is a little more where it's mm-hmm. like hey I'm 43 I don't want to get hit and get the ball out of my hands I want to survive here. That that's the only sign of slippage you see, and that's normal. And it's not to a point yet where I'm going, whoa, it's concerning. He's really affecting his team by doing that. Mm-hmm. No, so there's there's it's it's amazing what we're seeing. Getting a little older, maybe forgetful on the down every once in a while, <laughs> but very rarely does that happen to Tom Brady. So Tom Brady ten. People are going to look at that and be like, why do you hate Tom Brady? They're not going to have listened to what you just said here, which was 99% positive about <coughs> the most you. accomplished quarterback that we will probably ever see. And it's getting you choked up it at is, this point. Yeah, like, very, you're like, I mean, starting to get emotional. It is the, you're funny. You're funny. <laughs> it is the most accomplished quarterback we've ever seen. There's no doubt about that. And he's, you know, you, you know it. Uh, he's one of the greatest, if yeah. not the greatest. I 
I get it. You're not going to hear me say he's the greatest, but damn, he's good. Damn, I love watching him. Damn, I respect his approach. I love his edginess. I love how he talks shit to people still before games and, you know, let's fucking go and all that. I really, I love it. I really do. So uh, keep going. Keep Tampa going. Bay Buccaneers. You're a great quarterback, but Chris would take nine quarterbacks before <laughs> you if he had his pick. And yeah. so we'll get to one more. We'll get to one more here uh, on this show. And number nine is a guy who we saw only briefly last year, unfortunately, because he was off to an unbelievable start. Dak Prescott. Don't forget about him just because his ankle was turned the wrong way. Okay. All right. Don't forget. This guy there is a side eye to me going, nope, I'm not accepting any less money than maximum amount. But to me, this is like the big soldier, the ultimate leader. I mean, just you go back and watch Dak Prescott. You don't realize how awesome he is until you watch. You don't realize that, man, Dallas Cowboys, they didn't have a prayer if Dak Prescott ain't in the game early on in the year. I mean, as I said to you before the podcast, I said, you know what's crazy about Dak Prescott? Forget, forget this talent and that he's got – Again, I know we're in a, a, a run here of guys mm-hmm. that are really had awesome years throwing the ball down the field. And I know Brad Prescott only played four or five games. But they're a team, again, other than a slant route, they don't, they're looking to strike. They're not like – there's no like bubble screens and all that. They drop back and they want 20, 30-yard completions to their high-octane weapons at wide receiver and doing that. And he's amazing at that. He's like a Tannehill, like just there's never yards left on the field. It's never like, ooh, the guy's wide open down the middle and he had a turnaround and he fell down and he, got, he went down there. No, it's on the money. The guy keeps running. It's a touchdown. He's great with that. The toughness, we know that. The athleticism, unreal. I'll hear, here's the other thing that jumped out to me more than anything. You know, you've heard me say with some of these guys, like, they got to have a feel of when to push the limit, when to take over when to scramble. First off, I believe this guy has that, okay? And the other thing is, he's got a great feel of like being stubborn in the pocket and going, I'm going to stand here because somebody's about to come open. And okay, I know it looks like it's getting hectic, but I'm going to stand here because I can see he's about to come open. And he's great at throwing under pressure that way. But he's also got this innate feel of like, oh wait, the same thing's happening and he realizes nothing's really going to come out. Like nothing, I'm, There's no point in me holding in it, tapping it this time. Nothing's going to come out. Let me run. It, he's got a great feel of like when to hang in there, and I'll just play in the trash, and I, I think I can make a throw, and then when to just go, wait, it's getting a little too trashy in here. Let me get the hell out of here and do something that way. And, of course, he's great on the run. So he's unbelievable pocket pressure thrower, but he's he's got more than that, and I know we've talked about some quarterbacks here on the list where you just go, you got to have that backyard element, make plays, do that thing, and he's got a great blend of both, and that's why they're they can be deadly on offense. So this list is all about quarterbacks that you would take for this one season. He is coming off a major major ankle injury. Yeah. Uh, positive reports out of camp right. so far with him. He hasn't done everything. Uh, But he said this to the Dallas News. He goes, I've buried the injury. He said, I've buried it mentally. And I think you guys in the media and a lot of people around have to help me and bury it as we move forward. He doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He says, put that right on the tombstone. I will say there's a danger in that. We obsess about what we try to suppress. So there is a little bit of a danger. Like, like, don't try to, like, not think about it because then you end up thinking about it more. Uh, But it seems like he's got a good attitude. And he's got to trust the ankle. 
moving forward. Because if he can't do that, he loses some of that mobility and Definitely. playmaking ability. Yeah, it's it's where he's really damn good. He's a high level thrower. He's got an aggressive mindset. He's a really good down the field thrower. He really is. And um, the ankle thing, you know, like we I watched the clips last week when they're at their mini camp or their OTAs or whatever yeah. it was. You could tell it's still not a hundred percent. But it's good enough. Like, I take him at his word where he goes, if I had to play a game today, I could. He would. I don't know if he'd be able to turn the corner and maybe, like, on a read option and run 20, 30 yeah. yards. But he could be effective enough. I, and that's got to be so hard. Uh, trusting, like, after an injury like yeah. that, where it wasn't just, you know, ligament. It was like a compound fracture yep. on top of a dislocation. Right. I mean, just getting to the point where you just feel like every time I cut, I know it's going to be fine. But just, I guess it comes the more you it, do it. Exactly right. That's all. You just got to keep doing it. That's why you practice. That's why you do continue to do drills. Did you have you know? any teammates that were able to successfully come back from a gruesome injury that you remember? Or uh, not that I like remember, a, yeah. but yeah, you can block it out of your mind. There was this one guy, this dumb blonde from Jersey, who lost his spleen once. I'm sure. And yes. yeah, yeah. But the, what what happens is, you know, you get on the field. When it starts to be competition, you got to think about what you think. I got to think about the play, the blitz pickup. I don't got time to think about, whoa, is my fucking spleen going to hold up? Yeah. Or my, you know, he'll get to the point there where he's not going to worry about it. You know, where he's at now as compared to where he'll be six weeks from now when training camp comes and everything, he'll be another 10, 15% better than all those reps during training camp. They'll watch him during 11 on 11 drills a little bit and all of those type of things to where he'll continue to gain that confidence to where, yeah, he might not be totally 100% to start the year, but I don't think it's going to be far off from anything I've heard. You know, he's got it all, man. He's a great leader. Yeah. It's another guy. It's where it's like you, you got to give him something for what he brings from his to the football rookie team. year. I mean, from, right with Tony Romo there, right? right? It was That's just what like I mean. We're like, we'll get behind this the guy. The team Dak loves him. You know, he brings an element to the run game that doesn't get valued enough. But yeah. you see this. I mean, I mean, what I when I went back again and watched last year a little yeah. bit. One of the things I did say to you, we usually don't talk much before the pod, but one of the things I did say to you is. He literally, in, in those first five games, he played two games. I mean, he had zero help at all. Zero help. It was the worst defense we had seen in the history of football when he was playing there early mm -hmm. in the year. And he had games where he's playing perfect. He's playing. You're going, he's awesome. He's on fire. You're mm -hmm. going, what? They're down 28 to 10? Like, you look at the score and you're like, all they've done, they've drove the ball down, they drove the ball down, they drove the ball down. Somebody dropped the pass. They didn't get the third down. And you look and you go, whoa, they're down by 14. Whoa. I mean, he was the only reason they were in some of those games, let alone, like, help them with those comebacks mm -hmm. and everything like that. That's where he's special, too. He's got great leadership that way. He's, he is the guy you want leading your football team in so many ways, and I give him a lot of credit for that, too. He was throwing for over 400 yards, if you couldn't see it on YouTube there. He was throwing for over 400 yards per game in the four games. He was on pace to shatter both the records for attempts and yards. He would have thrown for over 6,700 yards if those would have held up. Like, I, I guess the question, and Pete I, I think he here, would have broke the record last year. You do I really think he do. would have, I really do. That would have been the only way they could play. I, I think it was. Exactly right. Like, I think he would have broke the passing yard record, record last year. I do. Just with their weapons... His ability to throw the ball down the field, their defense was so bad yeah. that they had to always answer the bell. And, yeah, that's where, like, the games we're talking about, Atlanta, where they came back and won, and Cleveland. Like, he's 
really awesome early on in the game. I mean, he's awesome. He's making great throws, great decisions, but their defense can't stop anything, and they're just getting blown out early on. So uh, it was tough, but you saw the importance yeah. of, of him to what he is to that team when he went out. They weren't nearly the same offense or as explosive. Yeah, so we have that as well because when we were talking about Andy Dalton, I was trying to talk up Andy Dalton, looking at the numbers and being like, all right, well, how much did they fall off after Andy Dalton, who you like and you think is still a good quarterback? There was a significant fall off, and we're seeing it right now. Points per game went down by about eight points per game. Passing yards per game went down by about 200. 200. Passing yards per game, yards per attempt down significantly. The touchdown-to-interception ratio was not was not as good. So there was a huge fall off, and I guess that's the question for the Cowboys now. It's like, you know, God forbid something happens to Dak again. You got Cooper Rush, Garrett Gilbert, Ben Denucci. Yeah, I mean that's not great. You had no. Andy Dalton last year, and I think this is where we go back and forth a little bit. I might think about this a little different than yeah. you. It's like we obviously see how important it is to have a good backup quarterback. Yeah. It's the most important position, maybe in all of sports. Right. But I often think that if your starting quarterback goes down, you're probably screwed no matter what. You know, it's like it's <sighs> very rarely are you going to be able to salvage the year for an extended period. You know, it's like Teddy Bridgewater can come in for five games and give you give you five wins. But if Drew Brees was out for the rest of the year, do they really have the same yeah, the high same? End ceiling? No, no, you know, no, no. You're right. You're right. You know, you want to you want a really good backup quarterback if you got a really good team. Yeah, like that's you're, the Saints are that way. You know, Nick right. Foles of the Eagles back in that day. That's why you want it. Like, man, our team's really good. Mm-hmm. The quarterback's not making our team. Our quarterback makes us better, yep. but we're really good even if we had a little lesser quarterback. That's where it is. And I think the Cowboys kind of thought they were that team before last year. Sure. Remember, they thought like... I mean, in that division, why wouldn't you think right, you're a playoff you think you're team? that team? <laughs> but, of course, they had all the issues of the defense and everything like that to where... It was a year where, yeah, a good backup quarterback, but you need a superstar quarterback to help this team out. Mm-hmm. And we saw that. And that's, that's where, you know... He's a difference maker that way. You say what you want. Again, that stat sheet doesn't even say it all. You know, he does sir, he does justice to the offensive line. He makes Ezekiel Elliott in the run game better. Yeah, not only because of his passing, but of course he has much more of a running aspect to his game as compared to an Andy Dalton too. That helps out the re- the rest of the running game and those things. You know, so that's where he's damn good. He's real a legit threat. Like once you get inside the ten. To keep the ball and run for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They can design plays or he can scramble that way. So he brings a little of everything to the table. And I'm happy they got paid and everything like that. Yeah. And uh, he's the man. Did you ever take a victory lap on that? On the contract for Dak at all? Oh, you Four mean the fact that I was kind of right? $160 million deal. Right. 126 in guarantees. Puts him up there with the highest paid quarterbacks of all time. I feel like that's something that you said at some point. That yeah, I, their side I did. Tried really hard to to throw water on. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. Ian Rap shit. He said something. <laughs> so that kind of you know started it right there. Yeah. He he got called by the agent and said you know send out a tweet yeah. to you know. Uh, dispel Chris Sims and what he said. Yeah, he's saying. wrong. He didn't say how you were wrong. They just said I was wrong. He's like, don't believe ple- Chris Sims. Don't believe, but it was Don't like, believe rap shit. All you were okay. saying is that he didn't want the five-year deal. Dak's side wanted the four-year deal. Yeah. Guess what it turned out to be? A four-year deal. Four-year deal. Yeah, what was that fourth year worth, too? It's like the fourth-year deal, I think it's worth what? What did Chris say it was going to be? $45 million? I, think yeah. it was, I think it was. Yeah. Something did you there. take a proper victory lap on that or no? No, I really didn't, but I'm calling him rap shit right now, so that feels good. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe I'll hear 
hear from him later today or something like that. I mean, it's all in good fun. I don't care that he did that to me and all that, yeah. but I am going to bust him when I get a chance every yeah. now and then. Yeah. <laughs> Pete, Pete cares. Pete cares. I care Fine, as well. one more rap shit. How dare he did that to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, Chris was right, although no one wants to say that now. Um, but uh, you were right on him. Hopefully you're right on Dak because I think a lot of people would love to see him come back and have a – even if you hate the Cowboys, yeah. which a lot of people do. I know. You don't hate Dak Prescott, which says a lot about that well, guy. Well, <laughs> I feel like people – there was more of a negative aspect around him too before he got hurt. I feel like him getting hurt last year brought some of the Cowboy fans that were a little bit of the Dak Prescott haters to go, oh, wait, okay, yeah, he's is better than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. He is a little bit more important to our team than I gave him credit for. Yes. Yeah. Andy Dalton was not on the same stratosphere as Dak Prescott mm-hmm. as a quarterback. And that was very apparent last year. Yeah, and so one more thing, because Pete and I are still angry. Yeah. Uh, We have the highest-paid quarterback contract through the first four years. Kristen, do we have that one yet? Uh, We just – here it is. is. And guess what? Dak Prescott's number one. Wanted to make him – you tweeted, wants to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. And guess what? He got it. But I guess it was all false a few yep. months ago. Yeah, we got to take a pro. I, I think we got to do this every podcast. Okay, now. fine. I want this to. If that you doesn't want, get out, yeah, we're gonna do it again okay. and again until it gets out. I like that. I'm down for that. Okay, I all can right. get behind that. That is the Chris Sims Top Forty Quarterback Countdown in partnership with Woodford Reserve Bourbon. And by the way, Pete bought some Woodford Reserve Bourbon on that. his vacation. I buy it too. Which, and I've said this many times. Like I already drink it, so it's yeah. not that much of a reach. But if I did not, I would be a total shill for whoever sponsored this podcast. Yeah. Like people say, I only support products that I buy. Right. It's the opposite for me. Whatever, whoever wants to support this podcast, I will buy it. <laughs> like I will become your biggest fan. Uh, like I don't care. I I will sell out immediately. But, but, but I will. It will be a genuine love because I will get into it. Well, we got to get to the point then, at least to where like you'll s- support it, and we at least give you free. Something well, that, that I would like to, yes. Come on, Woodford Reserve. Yes. I got a friend, okay? Yeah. I got a friend. His yeah. name's Ahmed Farid. And Pete. Throw Pete and, in there, and, too. Okay, fine. I'll give Pete a little lightness too. In fact, Pete needs two bottles because yeah. he's got a lot of kids that are running around. He does, yeah. He needs, a, he needs to be and... double-fisted. Yeah. <laughs> Kristen, who's punching the buttons back there. Oh, Kristen and directing needs everything. whiskey. She she's dealing with me every day. She's like, okay, <laughs> give me another shot. So a lot. A barrel. So you know, we send need a barrel. Send us have, a barrel, Woodford we have, Reserve. We have the circle we have for the, the barrel circle top. top. <laughs> so we just need the whole barrel. All right, a couple uh, ask me anything. Let's go quick through that, and then we'll do the uh, the Super Brawl oh, 8 bad, through bad, 1 bad, right bad. at the end Hey, here. did you watch Novak Djokovic when the uh No, I opened? followed it on Twitter. Pretty cool. People tweeting about it. I just wanted to ask you. He's good. He's one of the best now. Yeah. Right? Like he's he's going to pass back. He's going to pass Federer and Nadal. and Nadal. Yes, he is. How yeah. old is he? Thirty-four, I believe. Oh wow! So he's got that plenty was a cool of time. sports moment yesterday, though. I thought Come, the comeback. I mean, he was down, down to, to love, up, to, right? to love, to love, to love is what you see. Yeah, that you gotta get into tennis lingo. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's recap real quick what we've seen so far in the Chris Sims Top Forty Countdown. If you're watching on YouTube, there's forty through twenty-one. Twenty-one is Jimmy Garoppolo, and I was thinking. Last year, you had him right around 20, right? And I remember Somewhere hearing there. from a lot of people in San Francisco that right. were up in arms about how he was just in the Super Bowl. How do you have him 20? You don't hear that as much. I, I don't think I've seen year. anything like that. Not, yeah. a whole, not a whole bunch. So that's uh, 40 through 21, and here we are through 9 so far, starting with 20 at Cam Newton. Uh, we do have a question. We've gotten a lot yeah. on who you left off, yeah. and I kind of want to start there because I, I think know. it's the most interesting. Matt Geiger-Reel 
says, did you see? Uh, did you not see what Jalen did with the same offense that Carson Wentz couldn't do anything with? So a lot of people are upset that you don't have Jalen Hurts at all on your list of top 40 quarterbacks. I know. I mean, I get it. Yes, there, there's some positives there for Jalen Hurts. I, it's, it's not like personal to him. He's got you know, a great way and leadership and charisma about him. I love the way he handles himself and answers questions to the media. You know, he did – he certainly – the game was not too big for him. I know that. There's no doubt. You know, he's he is a good athlete. But, you know, again, I'm a believer is the more it would have gone on, the less good it would have looked, just like we saw in the Dallas game in the second to the last mm-hmm. game of the year, I believe. You know, there's just – there's way too many easy slam dunk completions, bad decisions, things like that to where, yeah, I, he just is on the outside looking in. I, I, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I just got to see a little bit more before I could say he's on the level of some of these other guys. I understand his running's damn good. I get it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if it's so special that I look at it to go, it wipes away some of the other concerns I have. Yeah, and that is by far the biggest name that I'm because I'm tagged in a lot of the tweets yeah. that you and Pete send out, um, and so no, I, I see know. all of the I, I see the responses on Jalen Hurts specifically. And ten times out of ten, when I click on the profile, the people calling you out for bias against the Eagles are Eagles fans. Yeah, so they they have a lot of bias for the well, Eagles, I, I, it's, it's I, which I, I would I wouldn't be like why, yeah. but because like I was literally the guy that most people would say I overrated Carson Wentz for a few years. That's true. You know, but that that wasn't like hey, he's showing us great bias and loves us. There was nothing there. Mm-hmm. So that's where I just, you know, again, it's not personal to Jalen Hurts. There's definitely some things he brought to the table that were very good. But there's things I got to see there and definitely have to be more consistent throwing the football and doing things like that. And that's why I just, you know, left him on the on the edge. Yep. As soon as I got done with it, I, I mean, Pete will tell you, I kind of texted him like, man, no, there's no eagle on the top 40. Like, I realized it. You know, mm-hmm. I had a list of guys that were just on the outside looking in. And I was trying to make a case to put them in there and do that. But, um, yeah, we'll see. I just got to see a little bit more. If I'm wrong, you know I'll say it. You did put Derek Carr in there at number 14. Anthony Bay says, hey, guys, love the detail you go in regardless of the topic. Thank you for the specific compliment. Uh, how much do you think John Gruden and his offense hold Carr back? I don't think they hold him back. I don't. You know, I think maybe I could say if if I was going to say anything, maybe maybe their actions or their their words they have said about Carr or not said or just the perception they've put out there at first to me would be the thing I would say that's it's held them back maybe mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, always having this pressure of everybody's going to compete for a spot on the team and we're always looking to upgrade. And you know, you hear the the rumors about. You know, quarterbacks they might draft or trade for. So I I feel like that might have held them back to a degree. But right now, I don't think the offense is holding them back. I don't. Uh, I actually think Gruden's going to bring continue to bring the best out of them. And and I think that's what we saw last year. Uh, To me, like you heard me say before, you know, I think Gruden was on him last year about being more aggressive, making more plays with his arm and doing those things. I think we saw the results of that. And I think that will continue, you know, as we see here in football. It's those kind of plays, those kind of quarterbacks that are winning right now. And they have some receivers who can stretch the field and do that. So, Mm -hmm. 
No, I, I'm, I think Derek Carr is playing really high-level football. I don't think Gruden's holding them back at all. It was interesting hearing you talk with your dad about some of the things that Gruden would do that would make it difficult for you in the short-passing game. Yes. Where there'd be a lot of short receivers right. where the best way uh, – I'll never forget this. Yeah. Now. You said the best way to sh- throw short is to run deep Open the patterns. field deep, yeah. right. You know, you I know he's, has he throw. learned from that or is he still doing some of that no, stuff? No, they, they still do that. That's the way Gruden runs the offense to yeah. a degree, but he's got a great feel for it. He's got a really quick release, and he's really good at getting the ball out of his hands. And like I talked about that day, he can do different things you know, throwing the ball that, you know, you might go, oh, that's a five-yard completion. You might not get the appreciation of it until you watch film the next day to go, away. he did a good job of putting that right in the right spot and adjusting his arm angle to not get the ball batted down and still squeeze it in there right. and do that type of stuff. All right. So that will close it on the yeah, homies' mean, questions. Yeah, I, 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 the backlash for the Jalen Hurts thing. Oh, that's is, still bugging you well, a little Well, it bit. always does. It just does. Because, like, I, you know, people try to make it personal with that type of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, uh, that's where I just... You're it, open to having him in the top 40 next year, right? I'm open to maybe him being there before this year's up if we do, yeah. like, the after week 10 type of thing. Yeah. But this is a chip, this is a chip moment for Jalen Hurts. Hopefully he's watching and hopefully he's listening. This is where they say, I have a chip on my shoulder. This is where it comes from. Yeah, hopefully. You know, listen, I, I played the angle of he got a little bit more of the benefit of... The team played one way for 15 weeks, and then he got to come in, and they played a different way. That caught people off guard and that, right? Mm-hmm. He made some plays. I get that. He still went one and three, and people talk to me like he went three and one, and I'm blind. And I want to be like, it was one and three. We can go through games, and I could just go, I know the stats were good, and this was, you know, they looked good, but there was more there to be had, you know? They could have beat Arizona if he made a few throws and better. They could have beat Dallas and done those things. Instead, they got blown out by Dallas. Like, by 20 points. The Dallas Cowboys. The shittiest offense we saw on defense. So that's where I just go, like, what? Like, I just don't understand sometimes where he's your starter and I'm just, I don't know. I don't make him automatically top 40 or top 32 or anything like that. Mm -hmm. All right. All right, good. He is not one of your top 40 quarterbacks that you pick for your team. Simple as that. All right. Uh, the final thing, and I'll note to Pete, too, I've lost my IFB. Something weird happened to my IFB. Really? Went crazy, got loud for a second, and then it, shocked me, Yeah. and now I've turned it down Okay. because I don't want that pain well, to happen again. Well, if he needs again. to talk about anything, I got, I got him. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. 
Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. But we just have one more thing to go here. Yeah. And it is. This is the big thing. I mean, this is what everyone's been waiting for. The final eight in the Super Brawl. Oh, the yeah. The Royal Rumble countdown. And now I do want to give thanks here because where is it? It was a Twitter, uh, Josh Mooney on Twitter. Had the brilliant idea to call it the Super Brawl instead of what we've been calling it, the Coach Quarterback Royal Rumble Countdown, which is and you're supposed to be good with words and slow and like uh, but freestyle, but not as catchy. So Kristen's rifling through where we've placed every coach and quarterback so far. So basically, if you're just tuning into this for the first time, what this is is the quarterbacks and coaches. From 32 to 1, who I think are most likely to win a fight. If they were in a bar fight, uh, who would win? I like it. And so the ones in the bottom would not win. Here's the We're in the upper half here, 16 through 9. So these coaches would and quarterbacks would beat most of the other coaches and quarterbacks out there. I think, I think my biggest discrepancy so far is the page before this. What was that? I think the fact that you have Dak Prescott and Michael McCarthy at so like, low, so low. Yeah, I, I, that's one where I just I'm more concerned with Dak trusting his ankle coming back to this year than you <laughs> than are. I am. So yeah, <laughs> you're funny. Uh, so so now that takes us to a number eight. And my wife watched the last time we did. This. Oh yes, and my wife. What never... she say this time? No, so this show, the last oh, time we did it, because yeah, we okay. didn't do it last right, time. We right, saved we it for you. this time. Yeah. So she rarely watches, and she rarely gives me any feedback other than, yeah, I thought it was pretty good, you know, because she doesn't want to crush me. She knows how fragile I am. <laughs> um, but last time she said, she goes, hey, uh, it seemed like every time you named one, you were qualifying it, and you were saying, like, oh, I might be wrong on this one. I was like, you're right. I was like, I watched Chris do it. It's a talent. So you stand by your ranking. Of course, there are going to be questions, and people are going to say, "Hey, Jalen Hurts should be a top forty quarterback." But I got—I made the list. I'm going to stand by this list. Right. So I'm going to be more aggressive in defending this list this time. Okay. All right. You ready? Okay. Number eight for me in the Super Brawl: the New England Patriots, Cam Newton, and Bill Belichick. Cam Newton might be the one quarterback who you would least want to face in a fight among all quarterbacks yes. in the NFL right, right now. He can crush some people. He does it on the football field on a weekly basis. And Bill Belichick, while old, the second oldest NFL coach behind Pete Carroll, Pete notes here, uh, I don't I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility he would come willing to kill people. You know, like at like win at all costs. Whatever you gotta do. And so you cannot discount that. I'm on to the Super Brawl. I'm on to the Super Brawl. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So they're number eight on my list. Well, I mean, Cam, yes. I think he's in the leader house for like any quarterback brawl. He'd probably be yes. the guy you take. You go, you're gonna face an NFL quarterback and then Cam shows up, you're like, I'm not feeling I'm not digging this. Bill's got Bill's tough. I mean, and no, we know he's tactical. He's gonna be the smartest guy in the ring. Like he's gonna be the smartest. Yep. Right? Probably going to have watched film of the other coach. Like, he dug up some film. I just got an eighth-grade wrestling tape of this coach. Yeah. I saw his moves. He's fucked. I know how to do him. And I know we how talked to beat earlier, like, you cannot look at tape of old things, but Bill doesn't care. Bill He's doesn't do care. It. He's gathering the information. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of like that. Bill's got, like, a little bit of the, you know, he grew up in, um, you know, uh, Annapolis, right? Yeah. A little bit in the Navy background. He's got Loves some of that military, military toughness, yeah. things like that. Plus, he's tough. He's got that Eastern European blood in him where it's mm-hmm. just like nothing ever looks like it phases him. So, yeah, um, yeah I can get behind that. I they, can get behind a little bit. They'd be higher if it wasn't for Bill, of course. Yeah. But even with Bill, top 10, and they're in the top eight for me. Number seven, younger pair. The coach is just 42 years old, which is crucial. 
the New York Jets with Robert Sala yeah. and Zach Wilson. So Robert Sala carries this team. Definitely. For sure. Right. Four year starter at uh, four year starter at tight end for Northern Michigan. Six three, roughly Pete notes here. And Zach Wilson, he's not a small guy either. No. Like he doesn't look the part as a guy who's gonna want to really tussle because he's got a lot to protect from the neck up. You know, right. that's a pretty good looking Don't face. Don't let the looks fool you. But he's he's a young quarterback in this league and hungry to impress his coach well and explosive and strong i mean we know he can throw a he, his, he's got a good arm speed so he can throw a right hook That's and, true. and make good, it hurt good point you know and he's fast and he can jump he's got a nice pair of ass and legs on him uh-huh. so yeah if he's willing to take a few shots on that you know handsome gq face he's got there then that will be it but like sala agreed he's definitely one of the top coaches you would take in the fight for yes. anything. I mean, yeah, football background, psycho personality to begin with, has a psycho vein that pops out of his neck that I can't not look at when I watch him talk, yeah. right? He's still in shape and muscular and everything like that. So I'm with you there. The, I think yeah. that's a sneaky good tandem right there. If you can just get past the, like, you know, uh, saved by the bell, Zach looks by yes. Zach Wilson. The only knock on Robert Sala is, and, and why he wouldn't be higher on my list, is he seems like a super nice guy. Like, when push comes to shove, is he punching Bill Belichick in the face? Like, I don't know that he has that in him, you know? I he don't doesn't know. look that nice when his defense makes a stop and he's like, Argh! That's true. That's more motivational. That's yeah. positive motivation. Right. you got to have a nasty streak. Right. I'm sure he has it. I think he's got it. I'm not confident I in don't that, think though. he could have got those guys out in San Fran to be so nasty on the field That's unless true. he's got a little nastiness in him, too. All right. The next combo, I, yeah. I know for a fact, and you know this, Coach, personally, I, he, he has to have a nasty streak. The Miami Dolphins, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, <laughs> and Brian Flores, who turned 40 in February, 6-2, played DB and linebacker at Pete Notes here, the prestigious Boston College. Boston College. Yeah. Second on the team in tackles in 2003. He tore his quad muscle, still played. No, Ate I don't his quad and kept playing. Actually, yeah. couldn't play in the NFL because of that. But yeah. I mean, like, of, like Brian Flores carries this team. Tua's not a weak guy by any no. means. He's a big character. No. Yep. But Brian Flores gets them in number six. Tua, good athlete. Again, like got a little bit of explosiveness and like stockiness to him. Like, yeah, not going to be a pushover. Flores, certainly, towards the top of football. Yes. For, I, I would probably say, really, he's the toughest for sure. Like, if you're going to be like, just who's the toughest guy, it's Brian Flores. I met Brian Flores. Because he was uh, in when he was in college, I didn't know know him, know anything about him. But my tailback from high school went to Boston College and played safety there a little bit. Greg Toll and he brought Brian Flores home once in the summer, and like I came home from a workout, whatever, and they were at the house. That was my first time meeting him. Always knew he was tough from that moment on. He yeah. just that day being around him, he was one of those guys you just looked at and you're like, I'm not going to fuck with that guy. I don't know. There's something about him that looks really tough, <laughs> yeah. and that's always the been way there. he looks at me. I I, it, I always tell the story. I don't know if you've heard me say this, but when I was in New England, he was running the scout team defense, and he wasn't the scout team defense wasn't ready. So he kind of had his foot on the football so the offense wouldn't go yet, right, because he was still getting things organized. And the center was kind of like pushing him off the ball and wanted the ball. I'm going to snap it and the hell with you. I'm going to just call it. We're going to get up here and run this play. And he kept moving the ball and, you know, like not letting the center get it. And he kicked it out of his hand, I believe. (laughs) And he's still trying to – and it became a little like scuffle. And it's like it was a deadlock. Yeah, he's starting all NFL offensive linemen versus, you know, some assistant coach. But it's just he was 
he didn't blink an eye. He could have cared less. He was ready to fight if he had to. Yes. Uh, he's as tough as they come. And he will fight in this fight as well. I'm very confident of that. Yeah. But he's not the top five. The top five begins at number five with my Detroit Lions, Jared Goff, and the 6'5", kneecap-biting Dan Campbell, 45 years old, 10 NFL seasons at tight end with the Giants, Cowboys, Lions. This guy is a beast, and he's number five. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not, it didn't even matter who his quarterback was, to be quite honest. It doesn't matter, him. and actually the quarterback he's got has got size, and he is tough, like yeah. we've talked about with Smaller Jared Smaller hands, which is maybe a concern. <laughs> yeah, but, but he is tough. I'll say that about Jared Goff. He could take a punch. He, can, he plays hurt, whatever it is. But, yeah, Dan Campbell, I mean – He's a Neanderthal. I mean, he, I don't know what else to say. And I mean that in like a really, yeah. really good way. Yeah. But he is straight out of a cave. I mean, yep. yes. And he is like a specimen when you see him in person. Pecs, traps, big block square head. Yep. Uh, he was made for the super brawl. And he's got, he's got the leadership ability that I think he could turn Jared Goff into an elite fighter. Yeah. Or at least better than kneecap. half of the league. Yeah. Fight I, a kneecap. I would agree with that too. All right. Yes. So they're, they're number five. Yep. Okay. Number four, your boy blue, the Buffalo bills, Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, who lacks some size. Yeah. Five, 10 turned 47 in March, but was a national prep champion wrestler in high school, as well as a safety at William & Mary. He's got multiple ways to beat you. And on his left shoulder, he's got Josh Allen. I, they're, they're, to me, they're a pretty good combo. This is one where you don't go, oh, one's got to carry the other. Anything. It's pretty equal here. Like, McDermott's your Irish scrapper. I feel like it's Tom Cruise in Far and Away. Like, they always call him, like, hey, scrapper. That's who he is. He'd probably be like, let's just stand here and draw a line and punch each other. See who goes <laughs> down first. Yeah. You know, that's – but, yeah, the wrestling background, he's tough as hell. And Josh Allen, I mean, other than Cam and – I don't, I mean, Josh Allen's second biggest quarterback in football, I think. Yeah. So, if, if not, he's definitely in the top five. So, that's a pretty damn good group. There, there are going to be people that think he should be number one, this, this tandem should be number one. Yeah. Um. Because we've seen it with Josh Allen. He's taken hits and just continues to play. It's amazing. It would be like someone taking him down would be surprising. Uh, so. Yes. I mean, the fact that like we have evidence of Aaron Donald not being able to take him right. down like on multiple occasions and a bunch of other big dudes. Yeah, I, I agreed. But I have this next group a little bit ahead of them. The number three team in the Super Brawl. The Baltimore Ravens in Lamar Jackson and John wow. Harbaugh. Now, John Harbaugh, 58, yeah. former DB, which I like. You know, I like the defensive guys. I think sure. there's, you've got to have a little more aggression. I think that's what gives them the advantage over Dan Campbell. Big guy, offensive guy. Yeah. Defense is a different mentality it on is. defense. It is, and a special teams, too. Aspect. Lamar Jackson goes without saying, you do not want to fight him giant athletic could beat you multiple ways could just crush you pulverize yeah. you and is quick enough to like beat you at any definitely move. and harbaugh's a harbaugh they're insane yes the harbaugh's are clinically insane yeah no, I, they, I don't know clinically but they seem to be well insane. it's it's borderline clinical <laughs> i think you're right but yeah. I, I i i hear you there i mean they're definitely there's the top harbaugh is a tough sob for sure lamar is tough i mean come on lamar has run the ball more in the first four years of his career than any quarterback in the history of football. We don't even see him. We haven't seen him get up slow yet. Mm -hmm. We don't even see him get up slow. Nothing. Lower shoulders, runs into crowds, tough as hell, strong as hell, explosive. 
All right. I'm down with that. I, I like your top five so far. Okay. All I right. think you might be on the right track with the top five. So number two, which will give away number one, but we don't necessarily remember who, <laughs> who I've done so far. Uh, number two, the Tennessee Titans of Ryan Tannehill and Mike Vrabel, 6'4", 46 years old, 14 seasons in the NFL, 57 sacks, 762 tackles. Talk about a guy who's been in the trenches for years and years and years on elite teams. Mike Vrabel is that man. And Ryan Tannehill is no slouch. No, he's not. Ryan Tannehill is 6'4", fast. You know, another guy tough and just and wins, right? He's won in bad environments in Miami. They did better than they should have. Yes. And now he's winning in now ten- he's, winning he's a in, winner. I mean, Vrabel's got to be the king, right? Of the coaches. Hmm. You think he's like number one coach? I got to think so. Vrabel is such a big dude. He's like Dan. He's Dan. It's like the same. It's just Dan Campbell, except he played linebacker. Yes, you're right. And now, so you give the defensive guy the advantage, like you're like you're saying, a yeah. little bit more of a nasty craziness about them. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I look at him. Yeah, and he's caveman part two to mm-hmm. Dan Campbell. Uh, I, I, uh, I'm with you. Yeah. I, your top five. I'm not sure I don't order them all the same way, but, but I think, think I think it's the, the right five so far. I do. Okay. Yeah. So that means. Number one, wow! In and you the went first with it. annual whoop, whoop. Super Brawl, the Pittsburgh Steelers of Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin, former football player himself, did play wide receiver. Mike Tomlin, one of the most intense people you will ever see in your life. We're revealing there the top eight, and the reason I put them yeah. number one yeah. is because when I was doing this in my head, I was envisioning a bar. And a fight breaks out. Yeah. And who is standing there? Who's throwing the haymakers? Who's doing well? Who's at home in this setting? And there was no other pair that I, that made more sense in my head of having an all-out bar brawl than Ben Roethlisberger, who may have had multiple growing up and to this day. I don't know. He just seems – he looks like the, the part. Agreed. And then Mike Tomlin – is one of the scarier, most intimidating guys. Like, at a press conference, he intimidates reporters yeah. with the way he looks. And so those two, in my mind, stood out as the ones who would excel in that setting. Mike T, strong. He's intense. He's not afraid of confrontation, like you you say at the press conferences. He's motivational. So he's got all of those things, let alone he's one of the younger coaches, and I do believe one of the stronger ones, too. And, yeah, I'm with you. I think when you add Big Ben to that, it's the best all-around combo. You don't lose much either way. You really don't. You're right. Like, yeah, okay, Mike Tomlin, I don't know if I'm going to take him against Vrabel or or Dan Campbell, but but I'm going to take Ben over the other quarterbacks. That's where it's – and, like, I'm with you, too. Barroom atmosphere – I'm, I mean, I'm expecting Big Ben to be a few pitchers in by already, so he's not even going to feel anything. He'll yes. be able to just be like, punch me, go yeah. ahead. Oh, boom, I ate it. Didn't Here, feel eat it. that, yeah, right. Didn't, it liked so, it. Almost, and he liked it, and he laughed. I think they're made for it. It just fits with the Pittsburgh mold. Yep. I mean, yes, they wear black and yellow, and they will make your eye black and purple. And don't discount the fact that they have been in the trenches with each other for a long time. Definitely. You Super have that Bowls, camaraderie. Right. Super Bowls. They've won and lost. It's like you, do, you people say, like, I will I will die for that guy. I mean, like at this point, they've known each other for this long. They're going to take offense 
Like if if Ben Roethlisberger sees Dan Campbell go over there and punch Mike Tomlin, that's going to raise yeah, Ben's game to a different do level. That's you don't right. do that to Yeah, ben. you don't. You're right. He'll get all over him. Like that's my coach. I've been with him for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. Yeah. And he'll go. He'll go super strength. Yes. So they're my number one. There Whoa, could be some disagreement baby. on that. Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers number one in this year's. The 20, now this could change. Yeah. Much like your list. Like we're going to see him. <laughs> we're going to see him on the field. See how feisty they are. Right. Uh, and then it could change going into 2022, but that is that is the list. Okay, let me see the top the top part of the list one more yeah, time. Yeah, who would be your number one? Uh, just, uh, I, I think you might be on the right track with your number one. You might. Wow, I, I would have thought you would maybe put Allen and McDermott it, number it, one. It's tough there. Vrabel. I mean, Josh and Big Ben are the same guy, except Josh is just younger. Yeah. I feel like in a yeah. lot of ways. And then you got Ooh. McDermott versus Tomlin. And Tomlin yeah. and McDermott went to college together, too. That's just even crazier. There's actually a personal oh, wow, relationship true. there. Uh, no, I think I would have gone with Big Ben and, and Mike Tomlin, though. I like yeah. your list. I really yeah. do. In fact, I thought your top five, top eight was pretty good. Pretty good, There right? might have been a few guys down the list that I'd like to see where I go. Yeah. I think you could have maybe got them in there. But for the most part... Tell your wife she did a very good job accumulating the list. Really good. <laughs> I, I maybe gave too much love to uh, to Urban and Trevor Lawrence. Unproven Trevor Lawrence, Urban Meyer. Uh, he doesn't know what NFL doesn't, fight coaching is all about. He doesn't about. know. He, he doesn't, he doesn't know. know what he's getting into he here. No, this ain't the Big Ten. You're right. It's the NFL. You're right. Although yeah. he has faced Jim Harbaugh in the past. <laughs> he has, yeah. seen him. He owns him. Um, all right. So that's it. We did it, baby. We made it through nine on your list, yes. and all the way through the all the way through the important list. We're yeah. all done. We're done. All right, you coming back Wednesday? Or are you ditching me? I will not. Paul's back. Oh, Paul's back. Okay, you'll do five, eight through five. Eight through five. Got four more coming on wow. Wednesday. We'll see if we have Big Phil. I can make no guarantees as of right now. Continue to ask the questions. Right. Uh, I'll continue to give you answers. I like all that stuff. Everybody, be good. Uh, stay safe out there. Enjoy. Ah, there's nothing really to enjoy right now. Just enjoy my quarterback rankings. <laughs> Peace out, Ahmed. You the man. Way to go. Clap it up. Clap it up. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.